Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside Anthony Broom here previewing Michigan football against Illinois in the penultimate game of the regular season. Great word. Uh, we will break that down. We're going to talk Michigan, Ohio State this weekend as well. They play Maryland, so we'll kind of look ahead a little bit later on, talk about what we want to see from Michigan in this game that will give us a little bit more confidence for next week's should be top five showdown, top three, uh, so should be exciting. Anthony, how's it going? Doing wonderful. Uh, it's been a bit of a, I mean, it's still been busy, but a bit of a slow week in that it seems like every time we get to this week right before the Ohio State game, it's one that, obviously, this isn't one that anyone is overlooking in the building, will overlook in the building, but on the same token, from our perspective, it's like, gosh, the readers, uh, the, the listeners, the fans are anxious for next week. It's just kind of like the uh, – I would compare it to like the sensation of senioritis where it's like you know that you're so close to to the finish line there. And obviously like a quality opponent coming in this weekend. But, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Uh, we we as in like the two of us and our team over at uh, thewolverine.com, shout out, of course, to Zach Libby this week who joined us as our newest recruiting reporter. Uh, we don't have the luxury of, you know – sitting sitting idly by and just kind of waiting things out to next week but there is there is a part of it where it's like all right i i think i'm ready for it too but obviously huge game uh coming up this weekend before we really get into it uh also would send condolences to brett bielema and, and his family he lost his mother on thursday morning we'll see uh you know that doesn't even matter how that affects the game just as a human thing uh, by all accounts a good dude and uh you know thoughts to his program thoughts to also the university of virginia community for what they've been going through this week. So long-winded open from me. Uh, I guess I could have just said, yeah, I'm doing great. Let's get into it. But we all know that's not how I operate. No, all good. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers to uh, both Virginia and uh, Brett Bielema, his family, Illinois. Of course, uh, I concur with all of that. Um, but you're right. It is kind of a, a trap game a little bit, I guess, for the fans in a way. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Um, and it's a you know potential trap game for Michigan. Now, Looking at history, Michigan has done a very good job in this spot before Ohio State uh, historically. 30-11-1 the week before playing Ohio State since 1969. They've only lost once in the penultimate regular season game under Jim Harbaugh, and that was at Wisconsin in 2017. That was a top-five Wisconsin team, so does not qualify, in my opinion, as a trap game, of course, and Michigan was really the worst team in that game and against Ohio State. Um Two trap game losses since 1969, or two trap game failures, I guess you could call it, uh, is 1986 against Minnesota. Then Jim Harbaugh guarantees the win the next week against Ohio State. They go to the Rose Bowl. But then in 1992, a tie to Illinois. Uh, and Illinois was not a good team that year. Uh, looking at last season, Michigan blew the doors off of Maryland in College Park 59-18. to uh, Exciting game that I think looking back on it was really important for Michigan to have going into Ohio state where they showed a lot of different things. Uh, they were bringing out some new tools that they had in the toolbox, gave Ohio state 
a lot to think about uh, before playing Michigan, and it kind of worked in their favor. But moving on to this game, uh, Big Ten West implications for the Fighting Illini, who really had they had the inside track all season long, and then they've kind of blown it over the last couple weeks. So they had the bad loss earlier on in the season to Indiana. Then they win six straight games, uh, and then they lose the last two. Michigan State, disappointing one given, especially that they were at home and that Michigan State was so shorthanded coming off of those suspensions. And then last week to a Purdue team that was reeling, having lost two straight coming in. And now Purdue uh, has a good chance to to win the West here as well. Iowa's in the driver's seat if they win out, but they still have to play Minnesota. Illinois, if they win out, would get in, I believe, as well. Uh, But they have Michigan this weekend, and they're 18-point underdogs. So that's going to be a tough ask. Uh, Other teams in the mix, uh, I believe Minnesota there – probably somehow somebody else like a Wisconsin if everybody maybe not uh I don't know if everybody can lose at this point given there's some head-to-heads there but it's an insane Big Ten West this year uh but needless to say they want to come in and win this game um and they're gonna do everything they can Chase Brown as we will talk about in a little bit their running back is questionable for this game um but let's kind of get into the matchup as a whole where Everybody talks about Michigan really on both sides of the ball. And they say, you know, everything's gone so smooth to this point. I know the past game has been a little bit of a sticking point over the last few weeks, really since Indiana on October 8th when J.J. went for over 300 yards. But now you're finally saying, okay, this is at least a decent opponent on each side of the ball that's going to test our guys. Uh, And Jesse Minter said on Wednesday, we're going to learn a lot more about our defense uh, in the next two weeks. I think it's true for the offense as well. Uh, this is a strong Illinois defense. They are good against the run. They got you know some real studs in the front seven and in the back end. Um, number three in scoring defense, sixth in rushing defense, fifth in passing defense. Only four teams have rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, the most they've given up was 182 to Wyoming in week zero. So that was just kind of is what it is at this point. That was a long, long time ago. Uh, that's back when Scott Frost was, was coaching out in Ireland that same day. So don't take a ton – uh, of stock into that um, has, you know, both of the last two opponents have gone over hundred yards, Michigan state uh, and Purdue. So I think that's significant, but uh, Anthony, when you look at Michigan's offense, which has really just been workmanlike lean on Blake Corum, lean on the offensive line pass game, a little bit of issues there, especially with the deep ball, uh, which I'm almost tired of talking about at this point, but it's the truth um, going against what will be its toughest task in, in some time potentially of the season so far. Yeah, I think we talked about this the other night in that some of the issues that the pass game has had in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, the deep balls have been more kind of a, a season long arc. But the yeah. reason that there's a little more concern with that for me, uh, at least heading in these next two games, is that the short and intermediate stuff has slipped a bit. So that's something I think getting in rhythm, I think, is of utmost importance uh, this week, getting the quick passing game, the play action stuff, getting that stuff kind of ironed out and put on film. Um, yeah, this is, again, you know, people will, I mean, spoiler alert, I expect Michigan to win this game, but when they do slash, if they do, it will be another game where the goalposts move and, uh, you know, oh, well, that's a bad, you know, big 10 West. What are you going to do? The teams out, out there stink. Um, this is going to be, uh, it's not a trap game because I think that Illinois is, I mean, Illinois is good enough to compete with them. Uh, based on what we've seen throughout the year. 
And, and I, it just hasn't been in the DNA of this team to overlook anyone this year. Uh, they have outside of the Maryland game really just kind of beaten the brakes off of, off of every team that they've played throughout the season. And, and even last year, like you've played a close game at Rutgers the week before the Wisconsin game, and you played a close game at Nebraska the week before a bye week And I'm not saying that was emblematic of looking ahead, but uh, I just like the way that this team handles its business a little bit more. And what is, I think the most interesting thing about this Illinois game is that I, it, it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition between your biggest opponent being the one that looks at you in the mirror. And also this team that you'll see on Saturday also does a lot of things similar, similarly on offense and defense to what Michigan does. So that is, I think those are two things that I'm kind of looking at this week. You know, how does the, you know, last week when we came out of the Maryland game, we're sitting here, we're going, you know what? This team is, this team is as ready as they're going to possibly be. And I don't know that what happens Saturday. I mean, you just want to get the win first and foremost and, and get through the week, but I don't know that anything that happens Saturday is necessarily going to change how I feel about that game next weekend, because for 10 weeks and, and heading into week 11, we've seen this, this group, not just beat everyone on its schedule, but dominate everyone on its schedule to be, to be frank about it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we'll, we'll see if chase Brown's in the game or not. Uh, it's going to be the most physical game they've played at this point this year. It's going to be the best run game that they will have seen, especially if chase Brown is back, they can throw the ball a little bit too. So this is, uh, you know, the point spread to me feels about right. Uh, offensively and defensively, I think it's an opportunity to, um, I've also said this throughout the years, and I think this team plays its best football when there is a bit more pressure on them. And, and not to say that there's pressure on them, but typically they play up. They've been playing up to the level of their opponents as a play, as opposed to playing down. So that's that's where my head's at heading into this game on Saturday. No, that's fair. And I, it was something I was going to bring up later is, you know, what can they show in this game? But, you, you know, to make you feel a little bit better, different, confident, less confident against Ohio State. But you bring up a good point because we're not going to throw out the rest of what we've seen throughout the last few months just because of what happens on Saturday, good or bad. Um, you know, so that could go either way. Uh, you're right. It's strength on strength in a lot of different ways. Um, in our staff predictions article, I, I called Illinois uh, Diet Michigan. Uh, I believe that's a term you coined for some team last year, right? Or something, or, or Michigan light. It may, it may have been Illinois this year. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'll give you credit there if that was you, but uh, I, I believe it just looking at the numbers, looking at the personnel that they have. I mean, look at Chase Brown versus Blake Corm. They're obviously different backs and have different styles. And I think Blake is better and more explosive, but uh, and, you know, the numbers actually do bear that out in terms of yards per carry and stuff like that. But Chase Brown's been great. Uh, Tommy DeVito, the Syracuse transfer at the quarterback spot, can scramble a little bit. He's got four rushing touchdowns. He's been extremely accurate, 70% completion percentage. They haven't asked him to do a lot. It feels very similar to what Michigan has. Um, you know, so so that's kind of, you know, those are the similarities. Um and then strong defense, you know, I mean, they haven't, neither team has been tested a ton by great offenses. There aren't very many in the big 10 this year. That's why I've, I found it interesting. So the Broyles award nominees came out this week and Jesse Minter, Michigan defensive coordinator is on there. 
there are seven coaches from the Big Ten that were nominated out of 51 from the entire country, all sorts of coaches, all sorts of different positions, a lot of coordinators. All seven from the Big Ten are on the defensive side of the ball. They're all either co-defensive coordinators slash position coaches or, you know, just straight up defensive coordinators. So it kind of goes to show you there. I mean, there are a lot of indications that the defenses are ahead of the offenses in the Big Ten or just that the offenses aren't very good. Uh, but I thought that was one of them. Uh, key stat I have to throw out about the Michigan offense going against the Illinois defense. Illinois defense is allowing just 4.2 yards per carry on first and second down. Michigan, what they've done this year, you know, get ahead of the sticks. Jim Harbaugh talked about it this week. That's a huge importance for Michigan. Uh, Illinois is going to make that tough. Michigan, uh, that ranks 18th in the country. Michigan's seventh in the country at 3.9. So Illinois strength, getting ahead of the sticks, keeping the pressure off their quarterback, that's going to be tested as well. So another similarity between the two teams. But moving into the uh, Illinois offense, uh, their offensive line is one of nine semifinalists for the Joe Moore Award, just like Michigan. There you go again. Um, and like we said, DeVito's been pretty efficient. Haven't asked him to do a ton. 15 touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, you know, the huge X factor in this game really is if Chase Brown plays. Uh, Michigan's been really good. I think they can still, you know, slow him down a little bit, even if he does play. But if he doesn't, I think the firepower is very limited for Illinois in, in – um, they haven't really had other running backs step up and have a lot of success. And that's something is you read stuff from Illinois people this week that is really a concern. If he's not in, they haven't had uh, many other options. Uh, I believe their other guy, McCray, has been hurt as well this season. So they're kind of thin there. But, um, you know, you've alluded to a little bit, Anthony, in what you just talked about. But what do you see from this Illinois offense and a Michigan defense that, as Jesse Minter said, will find, you know, they'll learn more about this group on Saturday. And they're going to be tested a little bit more by a unit that is stronger than, you know, one that has Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers at quarterback. My God, two all name <laughs> candidates right there. Uh, again, you dive back into Illinois and it's it's a stark, you know, a comparison to what Michigan has. I mean, Tommy DeVito, a guy who, listen, they're not airing the ball out this year. He's only got 2,000 yards passing or, or whatever the number is, but. He's completing 70% of his throws. He's, he's got 15 touchdowns. He doesn't have a ton of picks. Uh, he's actually been sacked a little bit this year, 17 sacks. But uh, the, the concern would be for them, I mean, when at least we know, and I'm not, again, knock on wood, putting this on the record too, if if Blake Corum was to go down or even you know Donovan Edwards, we'll see if we see him on Saturday. Yes, We know that one of those guys is still waiting in the wings to step up and is capable um, Illinois doesn't have that guy. Uh, Chase Brown has 280 carries this year. The next closest guy has 58, and that's Tommy DeVito. And a lot of that's probably from him running around. Uh, Reggie Love 17 the third. sacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Reggie Love the third is next up with 46 carries. So that's their. He's more than their bell cow. I mean, he is their. He is the heart and soul of that football team. And if they were a little bit better, won a couple more games, and maybe he has a few more touchdowns. Maybe we're talking about him in the same breath that we're talking about, uh, you know, Blake Corum in terms of the Heisman race. But, you know, they have they have some guys on offense. Isaiah Williams is a nice little possession receiver. They have uh, 64, uh, 64 catches this year, 553 yards, five touchdowns. That's a third of Tommy DeVito's touchdown production. So they have guys that are that are capable of making plays. But, you know, when you look at their offense in general, it's predicated on the same things that Michigan's is it's they want to control the line of scrimmage. They want to grind you into 
a pile of dust and they're not going to turn the football over a ton. So for Michigan, it's just about uh, that almost sort of, you know, for a, you'd like to see them turn teams over more uh, Michigan defensively, but it also, it almost kind of plays right into, you know, how they've defended teams this year is that they've just smothered them. So it's really just going to be a, this is going to be like a sumo wrestling match on Saturday or a, a bear fight where, these guys up front are going to determine which way this game goes. And to be honest with you, like I like, I like that for Michigan on both sides of the line of scrimmage, because it's kind of like almost a smelling salt ahead of next week. Now you don't want guys to get banged up. Uh, Michigan's already injured up front on, on the offensive line, but the defensive line, you know, Mozzie Smith, this is your last, this is your last game in a Michigan uniform in Ann Arbor. Uh, they've called you the tip of the spear. This is, this is more than about just, slowing down Illinois. It's about, it's about pride and how, how you're going to go out as a player, how that run defense is going to show out in their home stadium, you know, in the last opportunity they'll have to play there this year. So, yeah, I mean, to me, if Chase Brown doesn't play, I think things get real. You know, it, probably it has a chance to kind of get ugly. Cause I think if you, if you make this Illinois team one dimensional, which a lot of teams haven't been able to do this year, um, that's a clear advantage in favor of Michigan. So Mozzie Smith leading the charge this week, senior day. I know it's going to be emotional. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get a run on a little bit early, just as those emotions kind of die down. But uh, yeah, I, I just, Michigan has been, there have been a few times this year where Illinois has, has led up against teams like Michigan state and Indiana and Purdue. And, and, and I think this Michigan defense and really the Michigan offense too, hasn't just hasn't shown that let up this year. And so that's where I, I would give Michigan the advantage in that area. But obviously we're super biased having watched this team and only this team for most of the year. So. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I think you're right. And I think getting off to a strong start in this game is going to be pretty important because Illinois, while they've struggled the last couple of weeks, like it's still a good enough team to come in here and win this game. And I know people don't want to necessarily hear that. And I'm not predicting that by any means. We'll get to our final scores here in just a little bit. But like if you give them some confidence early on in the game, they're going to feel like they can do this thing if they break off a couple of runs or if DeVito hits on a couple of big passes. You're right. Uh, Isaiah Williams is kind of the guy to watch there as a slot. Remember, he started at quarterback, or at least came in and played most of the game against Michigan back in 2019. So he's like one of three converted uh, former starting quarterbacks against Michigan, or at least Johnny Langan played against Michigan at quarterback at one point uh, that Michigan's faced this year, who are now either tight ends or receivers, including 
uh, Donovan McCulley for Indiana. So, um, but yeah, he's been very good there. They do have some studs in the secondary, including Devin Witherspoon at the corner spot, who uh, is up for the Jim Thorpe Award, and some really good guys on the defensive line uh, that you will uh, see, especially in the interior. So on the flip side of the line of scrimmage, it's going to be one of the biggest tests, if not the biggest for those guys, Olu, Zach Zinter, uh, you know, potentially Trevor Keegan if he plays, but if not, G.O.L. Hadi, a young redshirt freshman uh, left guard in there. So that's going to be tough for them. Uh, just the last thing I had going back to the Illinois offense, um, even with Chase Brown, the last couple of weeks, the run game production is a little bit decreased. You look at 153 yards against Michigan State. It's still good, but for a team that really relies on the run, uh, you know, it's a little bit worse than what they've been doing. And then only 102 yards on the ground against Purdue. And again, if you're losing those games or if you're in tighter games, you're not going to be running as much. Uh, you're not going to be, you know, trying to wind the clock with a lead. So obviously that factors in as well. But the yards per carry, I think 3.9 and 4.1, I believe, in those games uh, when I looked earlier. So um, that's kind of that on Illinois. And I will just say as well, the, the key, I wanted to talk about the health of the team as well, because you have kind of this, you're in this weird spot if you're Michigan, because you've kind of gotten a little bit banged up here over the last couple of weeks. Luke Schoonmaker didn't play. Uh, Trevor Keegan didn't play last week. Donovan Edwards, uh, you know, came out of the game and how are they being cautious with them or could he have not come in? Not exactly sure. Uh, there's been some other guys that are banged up. The number one key is to win this game, stay healthy, and move on. And I agree with you. It's going to be really physical, so it's going to test that. Um, and even the guys that are healthy, going to be a little bumps and bruises from this, you know, a game like this. But um, I don't think they're going to have any problem getting up for Ohio State no. next week, even if there are some nicks and bruises. So that's kind of a positive there uh, from that standpoint. But um, other can keys, I, yeah. Can I make one one point there on the injuries too, at least how yeah. it's managed? Uh, you know. It's fascinating too. Like, I don't know that the approach changes a lot from last year, but you know, if you're a team that's expecting to win the Big Ten, you're not just preparing to have guys, you know, ready and, and sell them out for next week, but you're kind of in the back of your head thinking you have to keep some guys, um, keep some guys a little more fresh if you play, you know, two weeks from now too in Indianapolis. So that that's something where uh, it it, ch it uh, challenges the depth on this team, which I think. In a lot of areas, I mean, it's – I think the two spots they could probably ill afford to lose guys right now are probably at linebacker and cornerback. But everywhere else, uh, you feel pretty good, question mark, about the depth there. It's not saying you're encouraging or, or you're welcoming guys to get banged up. But um, I, I think if there are guys that are kind of on the edge – Again, I know Illinois is a quality opponent, but you got to play the long game here too and, and trust in the guys on the depth chart because one of the blessings of this season, given the fact that they have played a lot of lopsided games, is that you've been able to get a lot of guys' game experience too. So, um, And it's going to be it's gonna be cold out there too. So those hits are going to sting a little more and those bumps and bruises might be a little little darker, a little more purple coming out of the game, but that's uh, that's that's what you sign up for this time of year. Yeah, it's a tough balance because you want to win this game really bad. and But also, there is that game next week. And technically, no matter what happens this weekend for either team, Michigan or Ohio State, that game next weekend is going to determine the Big Ten East. It's already set in stone based mm -hmm. on the math. Also, 
like I'm I'm not just going to throw this out there. I don't think this is going to happen. But if you lose this game and beat Ohio State next week, you win the Big Ten Championship the following week, you're still in the playoff. So, again, I'm not saying punt on this game or anything. I'm more of a guy that if you're good to go, you should play. And, yeah. you know, I think the players are like that as well. I think the coaches have a job, of course, to manage that, as you're talking about. But there's a fine line there. So, um it's, it's tough to balance, but I think Jim Harbaugh and, and the staff has done a really good job at that all season. Cause we've kind of seen a lot of minor injuries. We've seen a lot of guys dress, but not play. Like look at Makari page last week. I think he probably could have gone based on watching him pretty closely in warmups, but then you didn't see him in the game. And I think that was probably a good decision. Obviously don't know the specifics of his situation, but um, they're going to have to do it again this weekend, but hopefully you get a guy like that back and, you know, you get him in rhythm. Cause that's part of it too. You want to be playing, you want to be, uh, you know, in rhythm a little bit before the biggest game of the season. So that's an aspect as well. Um, last thing before we get to our picks, just wanted to throw out a quote from Jim Harbaugh this week on the Stony and Jansen program on 97.1, the ticket where quietly he kind of revealed, and it's not a bombshell, but he doesn't typically talk about things like this, uh, that Michigan has been preparing for Ohio State quite a bit throughout these weeks. So it's kind of something you you hope. Uh, you know, Michigan fans hope is going on behind the scenes uh, throughout the season, but you don't hear a ton about it. But he says, quote, we've really just given a sufficient amount of time to Ohio State every week and most on the team we're playing. So there's nothing new with that this week. It's been steady following preparing for Ohio State for months now. Call it what it is. It's been a mix. We've been preparing for Ohio State and also the team we're playing, which kind of makes like the fact that they're just openly talking about that. The fact that they've taken care of their business in one games by what a margin of close to 30 points per game or something like that 20 mid 20s whatever it is might be 30 uh is even more impressive so uh, what do you think about that anthony yeah we haven't heard quite as much about the beat ohio drill this year right yeah last year was almost like it would be brought up mockingly by the talking heads saying oh well look at all this look at all this time they're devoting to ohio state and then it definitely was yeah you're right it was it was you know, sort of a, in sort of a mocking fashion and hurt a little bit. There was a little bit of buzz on something like that with Michigan state until Michigan state kind of come at, came out and uh, pooped the bed this year to call a spade a spade. But I think it's, it speaks to the culture in play. I think the thing it, it speaks to the most is I think the assistant coaches, because, you know, Jim Harbaugh is the CEO. He is the, the man who sets the tone from the top on down, but those guys, those guys are his lieutenants and they are, you know, they, they work the closest with their position groups each week. And there's just been such a focus and such a buy-in from all of those guys at all of the positions that um, I think they are mature enough and they've all played enough football to know, like we can, we're capable of putting this in a box over here and putting Mm -hmm. this in where it goes here and handling this right in front of us here. Um, I'm, I'm very impressed by that. And I think that like, that's the things that he's saying about how they prepare for Ohio state, Ohio state's doing the exact same thing down there. So that is, uh, you know, I like that, you know, it it seems like in years past, there was always like, Oh, we're just preparing for the team that's in front of us. Don't look ahead. And they, they say that, but I feel like there is still kind of the wink, wink, nod, nod, we know what's ahead of us here still. So that is, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's sometimes Jim Harbaugh can be shockingly transparent because he's so 
bundled up in so many ways. But yeah. other than that, uh, yeah, no, not surprised by that at all and, and encouraged by it, to be frank. Yeah, it kind of gets you excited for next week. And you're right. Ohio State's doing the exact same thing. That's why you better have been doing that uh, if you're Michigan. Um, but still, it's, uh, you know, it, it's I like hearing that. And again, it does almost make it more impressive what they've done. Uh, let's get to our picks for this game. Before we do, we'll talk about prize picks, our great sponsor. Football is in full swing. Regular season is winding down, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Uh, also, we have exciting news to share from Prize Picks. As of today, they are offering six pick flex entries. So the payouts are as follows if you win six out of six, uh, you get 25 times your money. If you win five out of six, double your money. Four out of six, you get 0.4 times your money. So you don't have to hit all of them for those. So make sure to go check that out at Prize Picks right now. Uh, this week, put a couple of picks in. I will be taking some college basketball stuff. And I know some people may be watching or listening to this after the game happens tonight, Michigan against Arizona State in Brooklyn. But I have Frankie Collins less than 15 and a half points and Hunter Dickinson more than 19 and a half. Frankie Collins, of course, Arizona State point guard now, former Michigan guard. Uh, so we'll take him there. And Hutch, our great producer, has Devontae Adams, Raiders receiver, more than 85 and a half yards. That is uh, against Denver. And then Najee Harris, Pittsburgh running back, more than 52 and a half rushing yards against Cincinnati. Uh, AB, what do you got for your picks? I hate to say it, but uh, I'm going I'm going more twice again. It seems like I only go less on something if it's uh, one of Michigan's rivals. So yikes, <laughs> lack of just being transparent there. Uh, but I'm going to dip into the college basketball slate this week as well. Uh, and you know, by the time people hear this, this game will probably have happened already. But uh, I'm going with more than 30 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combined for Hunter Dickinson against like Frankie it. Collins in Arizona State. And then I'm going with more than 250 and a half passing yards for Utah quarterback Cameron Rising against Oregon. That game will take place Saturday at 10:30 p.m. So a little Pac-12 after dark action. Those are those are the two I'm rolling with this week. I like those picks. I like those picks. So do not forget that's the Prize Picks app or PrizePicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today. Take the viewing of your team to the next level this season. Also free. Feel free. Uh, to hit us up on social media or our premium message board at thewolverine.com. Discuss your picks with us. Uh, always uh, fun to see what people have and whatnot. And uh, here we've been getting uh, quite a few signups over the last few weeks and some good feedback from fans that have been uh, signing up and, and getting involved here. So uh, thank you to Prize Picks, our sponsor. Let's do our predictions for this game. Michigan against Illinois. Michigan, as of right now, 18-point favorite. Over-under at 40-and-a-half, pretty low. Um, I'll start with mine. I got Michigan winning this game 27 to 14. I guess that is Illinois covering. 
that is the under hitting if i'm good at the math no uh, it's the over hitting by half a point right mm-hmm. yep it's good math there by me um so yeah i i have that i think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle early in terms of both teams scoring both defenses doing well i think michigan's going to have enough and make enough plays to get out of here with a win but a little bit concerned uh not long term but with just kind of who's going to play what kind of injuries there are whatnot um and it'll be interesting again to see if Chase Brown plays and that'll factor in as well. But uh, that's that's kind of what I'm going with here. I think it'll be, you know, a pretty solid win for Michigan. You move on. And like you said, you know, whatever happens in this game, I'm not going to totally overreact to because I feel like at this point we kind of know what this Michigan team is capable of. But uh, needless to say, it'll be a pretty good test this weekend. Yeah, uh, obviously I have Michigan winning too. I said that earlier, uh, going with a bit of a weird score, 31 to 12. Okay. Uh, in a lot of ways, we've spoken about this. This is probably the second best team Michigan's played to this point. Question mark. We'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it, to me, it can't be a letdown spot because it's not a. It, it's a quality opponent and one that they're not that they're they're not going to overlook. So, um, you know, all the all the things that we've talked about apply here. I would be careful to overreact about anything as well. Uh, like, let's just say. Like I can foresee because this is just how I say Michigan fans, but just sports fans in general are in the vacuum of a game. I could see a scenario where Illinois kind of slows down the Michigan run game a bit, but then Michigan starts to throw the ball a bit more. So it's kind of like the playing whack-a-mole in terms of things that people are concerned about. And then people will say, oh, well, you finally played a team that's physically able to stand up to you and you couldn't run the football. That has me worried for next week. Like whatever happens in this game, put it in a little – little shoebox that is this game and put it back on the shelf and then get to Ohio state week and, and have your best week of prep, have your best week yet. I think Michigan has the ingredients to, to win these next two games. And to be frank, win the next three, hell, maybe even win the next four, then you get to five and see what happens. So um, yeah. I like how they handle their business. I think that uh, the formula will just be kind of how it has been all year. Competitive first half Michigan pulls away. Speaking to your point on the over, I know we've talked about a little bit, the overreaction or, you know, what to make of this weekend. And it's natural to kind of look at that. You know, what did these teams just do? Look at Ohio state last year. I mean, they, they murdered Michigan state the week before playing Michigan and everyone was like, how are they going to stop that passing attack? And honestly, I watched it too. And I said, you know, I, I didn't make it, you know, say it was impossible for Michigan to do that. But I saw that and I was like, yeah, you should be pretty worried about like what those receivers what that quarterback can do. Uh, and then we obviously saw what happened the following weekend. Then Michigan against Maryland, I feel like people didn't put enough stock into what happened in that game. And again, that's all hindsight bias. So we'll look back in a couple of weeks and, and be able to make a determination on if these games this weekend mean anything for what will happen on November 26th. But that's kind of its own beast. That's its own game. Um, so it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you come out in this game and dominate Illinois and Ohio State struggles a little bit against Maryland, It'll kind of feel like 2018 in a way, uh, and I feel like Michigan came in a little overconfident in that game. I don't think that will happen no matter what. This year with this group, again, uh, benefit of hindsight, you kind of made a little bit more sense based on what that 18 group was. But, um, yeah, I think that's enough on this game. Uh, we'll get to our final segment, No Man Knows the Future. That is certainly true based on how terrible I am at predicting games. Uh, we will continue to predict them, though. we got a few more weeks left. 
of the college football regular season or two and then championship weekend. We'll start with some, you know, we'll talk about some games with some implications here in the bigger ones, but we'll start with one that does have some implication for the loser of Michigan, Ohio state, whoever that may be TCU at Baylor. Baylor is a two and a half point dog over under is 58. So this is basically a toss up type of game. I keep picking against TCU every time they play a quality opponent. I'm going to stop doing that for this week. And I do hope I'm wrong here, but I'm going to take TCU to win by at least a field goal. I'm going to go with TCU as well. I think that they, again, the, the concerns that people have about them are are valid, but to me right now, just clearly the best team in the big 12. So uh, I'm going to keep, you know, pick them to keep it rolling because Hey, uh, someone's got to get into the playoff and be fodder for Georgia. Why not? Why not? Uh, why not TCU first instead of Michigan this time? That's fair. Uh, then Ohio State at Maryland. Maryland is a 27 and a half point underdog over under 63 and a half. Uh, I got Ohio State here. I know I said last week that what 40 was a lot of points for Indiana and then Ohio State covers it. So I'm flipping kind of my logic there. But this is a Maryland team that's really fallen off. They looked good. When they came into Michigan, only lost by seven points. I know they had a garbage uh, touchdown, garbage time touchdown late in that game. But here's their recent results. They lost to Purdue. They barely beat Indiana. They barely beat Northwestern. Those were both. Those are five and seven point games, respectively. They lost by 13 to Wisconsin, and they just lost last weekend 30 to nothing to Penn State. Um, so they're on a downward spiral. It's not a great formula when you're playing Ohio State. And I think Ohio State's going to be trying to get into rhythm, get everything going before the Michigan game, as we've seen in years past. And I think they will they will blow the doors off of them. It's Ohio State. I think Maryland has kind of proven to be what they typically have been under Mike Loxley. And that's someone who's just not quite cut out for you know breaking through the, the ceiling of being a team that can win more than six or seven uh, games in a year or so. Going Ohio State, I think they'll be every bit as fired up as you know. My, it's gonna. I already know how this is gonna happen. Michigan's gonna play, get stuck in a bear fight with Illinois, and then Ohio State's gonna come out and beat Maryland by forty, and the panic will be, oh god, Ohio State looks ready and Michigan doesn't. So, Ohio State. I, I've, to quote our, our colleague Chris Ballas, uh, I've seen this movie too many times. That's fair. I could see that happening, especially if some Michigan guys sit out this game. It'll be. What's the health of these guys? And, you know, is Michigan ready for this game? So uh, USC at UCLA, UCLA, two and a half point underdogs at home should be a great home field advantage over under is 76. So I was doing some research on exactly what kind of home field advantage this will be. They're calling it a sellout at UCLA, but they have tarps over several sections that they are not selling tickets for. So that's kind of a nice spin zone there. To call it a sellout, they're leaving some tarps on. They took a few off, uh, so I think it's going to be about seventy-six thousand. You have to keep in mind that the Rose Bowl is not on UCLA's campus. It's I don't know the you know geography over there in LA well enough in terms of where the campuses are, but I think it's pretty easy to get to for USC fans as well. Uh, I know they get their you know certain allotment. I saw it was like six thousand, but uh, there'll be a lot of fans buying those up as well. So for once, there will be an atmosphere at UCLA. Uh, don't know how good of an advantage it will be, but that being said, I just got a gut feeling that UCLA at least covers in this game. Um, and I'll, I'll chalk it up to whatever kind of atmosphere that is, I guess. 
Yeah, I'm going with UCLA as well. I think that Caleb Williams is amazing, and if they win that game, that's probably be, would be who my Heisman vote would go to. Sorry, Michigan fans. Uh, I just think he's been that good. Um, that said, I, I feel like that this USC program under Lincoln Riley is still like really a year or two away, uh, and that timeline lines up with when they'll join the Big Ten uh, from from being what they brought him there to do. So. I'm going with UCLA in this game. I think they will win the game. Okay. Um, and UCLA just coming off the loss to Arizona, right? Jed Fish. So shout out to him. Uh, Utah at Oregon. Had to double check this. Oregon underdogs by two points at home in Eugene over under is 60. Oregon also tough loss last weekend. Not as bad, though, to Washington. That game was at home. Really torn on this. I think it's kind of a rat type of line. Vegas knows something, but I will take the cheese. I'll take Oregon plus two. I'm going to go the opposite way just because I, I I think there is something else. There's something afoot here, so I'm going to go with uh, Utah in this game. That's fair. Uh, those are our picks for this week. That is our show. Make sure to join us at thewolverine.com. $10 gets you all the way until next football season. Uh, for premium access, you'll be on our message board. You'll get to read all the insider updates uh, and intel over there at thewolverine.com. Make sure to drop a like on this video. Get us to 500 likes. We appreciate you for doing that. Subscribe to the channel as well as always. And uh, we will see everyone next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.